The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. The following is a special presentation of Radio Memphis. Yes, indeed. Here on this Wednesday, the 4th of September, I'm back again. I was here earlier this morning, but uh, but we came back here tonight because we have a very special show. We've been talking about it uh, all last week. Alice Hazen is here. Hello, Alice. How are you? Hey, Rick. I'm doing awesome. Glad to be here tonight. Well, I know you you uh, you came at me with this, what, back in June, I think it was? I like to plan things ahead, definitely. Yes, you're like the only artist I've ever, I've ever had on the program who planned it out that far in advance i used to be a teacher so oh well there, there's your problem yeah <laughs> organizational fiend <laughs> well you got to be organized you know mm-hmm. but uh you and i met um quite some time ago over the vault that's right that's um, fun that and i invited you to come down and you told me that you were doing you were doing a lot of road work at the time and i think you were in the process of of uh, doing the pre-production for this mm-hmm. for the new record which is why you're here tonight Exactly. Yeah. It was. It's been a long time in the making. It's been about nine months because the last, uh, the earliest I can remember thinking about this record is last December when I was calling folks up to see if they'd play with me on it. Yeah. So it's been a labor of love. It's been really exciting to put it all together. It's my first record, and the name is Violin Intro, uh, as in intro to the violin. Right. Yeah, so. because you the the last cut is violin outro, right? <laughs> I, I figured that no, to portmanteau that would be a little clunky, so we just call it outro. Just call it outro. It does bookend the album. You did end. this. You did this over at Arden, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Studio C. Yeah, like you're like like one of the last records that were made in that room, I think. Oh gosh, that's uh, that isn't. Uh, strike me as surprising because I know they're doing lots of work in there right yeah now. they're doing they're trying to save it and it's been having some issues and whatnot but uh, but how was that process for you I mean you're for your first record was it would it did it feel the way it should have felt as you were going through it yeah it was like an unlike anything else I've done in my life we had seven days of straight work in the studio mm-hmm. uh, the engineer was Mike Wilson I know Mike yeah he's a great guy yeah he really shepherded me shepherded me through this process very well um, he made me feel super comfortable and just took care of a lot of things that I wouldn't have ever anticipated, such as uh, having a drum set that actually is from the Memphis drum shop <laughs> that was a really killer drum set yeah. that he just kind of whipped up for me a, f- a few days before. Yeah. So little details, um, he was right on top of them. But we stayed in there for seven days. I brought an espresso machine. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> Kept it in the lobby, uh, brought a ton of food, and we basically worked for about eight to 10 hours every day is a total of over 50 hours in the studio and it was sort of like retreating from the world into myself yeah. into this womb of creativity which um to go along with the labor of love theme i guess but so, it you, was did, really you, cool. so you wrote the record there or did you have all this stuff coming into I mean, what, how much of this did you bring into the studio before you got to record it? I would say um, that pretty much every song was, except with the exception of Love Story, which came together sort of as we were in the studio. Right. Every song was preconceived and planned out and produced uh, almost fully. We did have some changes that I think made it better in the studio, but I pretty much brought complete songs because I knew... Once we got in there, you know, time is money and you've got to make sure that every second counts. Or Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Then it gets real expensive for no reason at all. Uh, yeah, because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of artists that go into a studio with maybe some preconceived notions of how this thing is going to go and with uh, with it being your first, I mean, I you know, you'll always have this experience to gauge all your others with and, and I hope it was good. 
Indeed. Yeah. And one thing that I really wanted to communicate to Mike, which I think came out in the record, is I wanted it to contain, still keep the human element. So I didn't want to lose um, humanness to perfection. And there are some things that probably he or I will listen to and hear and maybe wish that, you know, I'd done one thing differently. But in that seven straight days of work, um, I had to make a lot of decisions, and I'm really kind of bad at making decisions. So <laughs> For somebody who's as organized as you. <laughs> yeah, I think things out real. I ponder a lot. You um, overthink it then, maybe. Yeah, so I had to go with my gut a lot of the time, and I think that pretty much that was the right way to go, and there was an element of imperfection to it, but in a way that makes me happy. Right. Kind of like, you know, a woven rug where somebody will put one small flaw into it uh, intentionally so that it's not, you know, it's not more perfect than the creator. I just remember that legend about yeah. about rug making. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool, really. Well, I mean, it's, you know, you know, you know, going in and, and coming out of the process, that this is this is it for the, the for the record, if you will. This is this is permanent. It's out it's there. It's done. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, everything that's in that album is a culmination of choices, tiny little choices made along the way. Before we even went into the studio, it was a culmination of uh, just maybe something somebody did in a performance once that really stuck with a song. So it's amazing how it's all snowballed into this. And it's kind of taught me a lesson about, you know, if you're going to try to climb a huge mountain, um, don't look up at the top because it's just too overwhelming. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just it's like, do it's like, tiny little things. How do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just sort of the same thing, you know. And you want to get past all the screaming and hollering and then the tears and all of that. That I mean, I assume none of that happened in this process. It did. Did it? Was there were the fist fights breaking out, you know, and that kind of thing? Uh, sure. No. <laughs> Do I get more rock star points if they... Uh, if yeah. you were drunk when you did it, I guess, maybe. Uh. But, uh. <laughs> well, um, there was a moment a few days after. I kind of intentionally put it away for the first day or so after I brought it home with me. Mm -hmm. The raw mixes. Um because I just wanted to let it sit and not be judged for a moment. That's smart, yeah. And then I sat down, put my headphones on and listened to it. And it was like seeing, you know, something. I can't really describe it any way other than if you had a baby, that's probably what it would feel like. Because it just suddenly hit me. And I haven't experienced that since. That was sort of the moment that what I had made hit me. And I was hearing my vision and you know hearing all the work we'd done and i did post a picture of myself on facebook and, i saw it uh, yes it was very teary yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you were you were a little overwhelmed by it yeah a lot of people well, you just gave birth to a record for god's sake mazel tov it's yeah. a record <laughs> thank you yeah my boyfriend asked me why did you post that and i said well it was a real again coming back thing, to imperfection yeah. being sure. human you know it wasn't something that i would normally put out in the public eye, but it was something that was really real for me that I wanted to share. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's good. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of soul and thought that goes into these sorts of things, and that's what you want. Yeah. I kind of feel like um, now that it's out there, this is sort of a morbid thought, but if I were to, you know, get in a car crash tomorrow, at least I would have this thing that outlives me. It's sort of like putting it all oh, yeah. permanently down makes me feel like I've put a part of myself outside of myself. Yeah, that's that's the whole notion of creativity is you want something to outlast you. you yeah, know? and that's plus all the people who are on the album are forever going to be part of that uh, collaboration, many of which are in the studio right yeah. now. Yeah, so. oh yeah. 
Uh, we're going to be playing some cuts off of this tonight. A few cuts. I'm going to let you kind of guide me through this because I don't, I don't want to like you know, let all the cats out of the bag, if you will. But uh, you got the band in here in the studio. Um, who, who, all, who all is who all is in your band tonight? All right, so we got Walt Busby on lead guitar and backup vocals. He's also in my uh, other primary band, Blackwater Trio. Mm-hmm. We've got Vinnie Maynard on keys. Sometimes he pulls out the synthesizer. That is one of my favorite parts of the act. Um, Andrew Geraci on bass, holding it down. Longtime friend of mine and also co-worker at Amro Music. And then Jesse Dakota, a.k.a. Jesse McNez, on drums. Yeah, he runs mostly a, just he has an alias. <laughs> <laughs> He's wanted by the man. And then finally, we also have a guest vocalist in here tonight. We have Angela Blair on backing vocals. She's on two of the songs in the album, uh, one of which we'll perform tonight. It's called Cutie Booty Boogie. Watch yeah. your language. Yeah. We had this discussion about this. I told you. I got salty after 7 p.m. Well, uh, oh, God, look out. We'll get a couple of beers in her, and it'll be crazy. Um, well, let's. Uh, since you got the band here, let's go ahead and, uh, and play a song. You guys want to You guys want to play a little bit and uh, get yeah. into it? And Let's begin with the opening two tracks of the album. Um, these are called Violintro and Boots and Cats. And when we get to Boots and Cats, you'll know because you'll hear the drum beat going. I got you. Boots and Cats. I got you. (laughs) Plus, I love Boots and I have two cats. (laughs) You crazy cat lady. Who knew? Who knew? I would probably have more if not for my uh, cohabitator. I got you. My human cohabitator. I got you. All right. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. Thank you. That is so cool. <laughs> nice job, Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that featured, sorry, that featured Walt on guitar and Vinny on keys. Yes. We need some more keys anyway. section on the disco. Yeah. Oh, abs- well, absolutely. Yeah. And that happened to be the song that I cried my. <laughs> well, that's the one that you heard that really kind of <laughs> turned on the waterworks for you. On. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of jazz in you in there. Definitely. Like yeah. like like I was at uh, Jean Luc Ponty. Uh, I love I love him and yeah. I love Stefan Grappelli. Yeah. It's a bit more of an older style with uh, Grappelli, but I actually do occasionally perform minor swing and a few other of Django's tunes. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely been a, a formative influence for me is listening to people like that. I got you. That makes well, that makes good sense. Yeah, because it certainly reflects into the record that you have here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's funny how. Um, I like to say that the record is united by fiddle, but each song definitely has a distinct style of its own. Mm-hmm. So there are some that are classical, or one that's more classical, two that are hip-hop, uh, one that's sort of stacks, uh, soul-influenced, and then others that are, you know, disco, jazz. So yeah, there's a, there's a, lot, of, there's a lot of variety on this record. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was it just by design that's just what you wanted to do, to have just a, a, a broad sense of styles that you wanted to display in this thing? I did. Um, what my goal is these days with this project is to take the violin dash fiddle, because I like to just <laughs> say, I don't know what this thing is. It's purple and it's shaped really strangely, kind of like a large axe, if y'all can't see it, if you're just listening in. Um <laughs> It's called the Purple Dragon, actually. So who knows what this thing is I'm holding here. Um, But I like to take it and push the envelope outside of just conventional genres for what people generally hear fiddle playing. So Yeah, because there's a, there's a, I guess there's a stereotype that goes with that, isn't there? You know, Charlie Daniels band comes to mind. (laughs) And no, we're not doing any of that in here tonight. No, and uh, actually, Blackwater Trio does play Devil Went Down to Georgia. Really? But uh, I figured with a group like this, I could kind of leave that to the trio and have some other signature songs, uh, yeah. such as one that's becoming signature for us is Baba O'Reilly. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that absolutely makes sense, you know, because of that, uh, that wild fiddle part at the end of it. Indeed. Yeah. And that's something that kind of breaks tradition, too. I mean, um, it's almost like a world influence there that, you know, you can't really pin it down, but it's definitely not American. No. And it's... Uh, you know, the energy of that song is really fun to replicate. I have a loop station that I frequently use. Yeah. Pretty much every Alice Hazen in the Blaze show use the loop pedal. Yeah. And so I use that at the beginning to create the synthesizer sound. Oh, well, sure. Well, that, that, uh, that violin, that's a straight electric violin, isn't it? It is. Uh-huh. I mean, it's missing like two-thirds of its body. <laughs> it's invisible. <laughs> yeah, it's just the essentials. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's some that are even more minimalistic than this. Well, yeah, it's just a neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, some just don't even have the, the pegs. But this one, I... You know, I don't know why I chose purple. I think I just wanted something that was different. Well, it is. It's very. I haven't, I haven't seen anything like it. You know, I haven't seen any other artist that's ever played one like that. So. Uh, well, cool. Well, so it's that's new for me. <laughs> it goes really well with the vibe of this group. Um, it works really well with pedals. Yeah. So, and also the primary reason that I have a, an electric violin uh, is not because I set out to be an electric violinist, but when you think about all the places that you're going to play mm-hmm. and all of the volatile situations like bars, clubs, outdoors, uh, we played Jig Joint Festival this past April and it literally 
was raining. Well, not literally, but it was raining cats and dogs. Yeah. And there was lightning striking. And I was surprised they kept our stage open, but we were the last to be there. And I think everything got soaked that I own, yeah. including my violins. And it, and it held up fine. It did. Yeah. yeah. It was sort of an epic adventure, actually. <laughs> Getting in and out wasn't that fun, but um, yeah. the performance itself, we had some real diehard people sticking around. Sticking around the in the weather to do it, yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of a shared experience of just toughing it out for the show. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't have done that with my other violin, which is... Um, it was built in 1929, so it's 90 years old now. Wow. <laughs> What's the story behind that thing? Um, that is from a German maker, uh, Ernst Heimlich Roth. He moved to America and started his own workshop here uh, in the 20s, or I think before that. But his, his really uh, best time of making violins was right around the time mine was made, the late 20s and early 30s. Wow. And it's... Over the years, um, I've probably subjected it to way too much stress. But, of course, you know, it's being played by a real person and not just in a museum. So, it's been in hot cars. It's been through Vermont winters. Um, it's tough. Yeah. It's a tough little violin, isn't it? It is. It's amazing what a violin will hold up to. Yeah. Especially considering that, you know, many of them are from days before air conditioning. I'd be a little nervous about taking it out, though. Yeah. Get, you know, with it being as old as it is. Well, I take it out now in controlled situations. Yeah. Um, indoors, I performed the whole album with it. Yeah. I actually used a miking system that goes inside the violin, and that worked wonders. And then we used some uh, room mics, too. But that was, I mean, that violin, there's no comparison with this one. So. Well, yeah, they're, they're vastly different. Yeah. So both both instruments are on, are on the record? Uh, just the acoustic one. Just the, oh, you did everything on just the other one? You didn't. You didn't. You didn't pull the purple dragon. I didn't right? use the purple dragon at all. <laughs> Poor purple dragon. I feel lied to because on the cover of it, for God's sake, you're holding uh, the purple violin. <laughs> but on the other side. I know. On the other <laughs> side, yeah, it's just a little piece of it. But yeah, it's but the there. One for scratch tracks. For I scratch, did. yeah. We did bring both into the studio. Um, I used the purple one when we were recording live with the band. Yeah. And then once everybody, we had two or three days with everybody in there at once in the studio, and then um, it was just me and Mike for the rest of the time and I took over the whole room he placed some mics around the room and I redid all the violin tracks I gotcha yeah yeah well that makes sense so it makes sense um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause here but out of the break I was gonna play something off the record and I'm gonna let you choose it which 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 which, which, which we would have gonna play oh I would like to go exactly I'd like to go with love story <laughs> because partly because it features Angela um, it also features another guest artist on the record mm -hmm. whose name is Gospel of Rufus his real name is Rufus Smith so I just want to put both out there for listeners who might want to follow him sure he's an amazing rapper um, I met him through a one Memphis event downtown same day I met Angela and he just uh, worked wonders for this song it originally was mostly just an instrumental jam but yeah. then I asked him to write something and he focused on how my boyfriend and I met oh my quite yeah. the story huh yeah it's called love story um, the the original track is actually something that my boyfriend, Brandon McIninch, was playing one day on the guitar. And I said, that's a really cool riff. Let me see what I can jam along to with it. And we started jamming and re-recorded it. And I just kept coming back to it. So so he wrote it. He's, well, kind of. well he's, he's a, one of the writers. Of it, yeah. <laughs> then I wrote a B section, which turned out to be the chorus. Uh -huh. And uh, then Rufus came in and put all the lyrics and performed on it. So... 
we pretty much just call it three co-writers. Um, and Brandon actually is playing rhythm guitar on this track. Mm-hmm. And uh, he... It was his first time ever recording anything. Right. Like, musically. He's more of an improviser, a comedian himself. So, it was his first time uh, sort of straight into the fire with going to Ardent and recording like that. Yeah. And he did a great job. And one of the things that I like to point out, get all mushy about, is that uh, he and I start the song separately, but we end it together. Oh, look at this. Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) So... Yeah, I'd love to to show off that one. Well, that's what we'll play then. We'll pause and we'll be back with more with Alice Hazen and the Blades here in the studio. Stick around. You're listening to it right here at Radio Memphis. Don't go away. Hey, this is Spud Goodman. I sort of host a radio show, so join me, if you would, for the Spud Goodman Show, Wednesday nights at 10 Central on Radio Memphis. Radio Memphis around the world with D. Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central on Radio Memphis. This was fate. This is great. I had to cancel on my Tinder date. 
Ross Hazen and the Blaze there in Love Story from the Violin Tro record. <clears throat> Good stuff there, Alice. Thank you. Yeah, that one was one of my favorites, the way it turned out. It actually was one of the easiest to come together in the studio. It just sort of... Kind of fell together, did it? Yeah, exactly. It was really easily meshing in yeah. the studio, whereas other songs, we sort of had to wrangle them. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fight them a little bit to get them to cooperate. Yeah, you kind of sweat through the mixing process of some of them. And then the, some of the others, you're just like relaxing as you do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's strange. It is, it's, it's an odd thing, yeah. Uh, when, you, when, you go, when, you, when you make a record like this, are you thinking about how, how you're going to perform them live as well? That's a good question. I definitely wanted to have a record that wasn't so far out there that I couldn't perform the songs live. Yeah, because that, that's a problem. That, I mean, yeah. well, it's an issue. It's not necessarily a problem, but there, I've, I've heard of artists that go through that. They, they struggle with that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and it's cool to have some, I think, that you know make full use of what you have in the studio. Mm -hmm. So there definitely won't be as many times where we have both both Rufus and Angela with us to do something like Love Story. Right. So in that case, we do the same song, but as an instrumental jam. And, you know, that's one way it can still be represented at our live shows, but sure. uh, it's not quite like it was in the studio. It's just its own animal when yeah, it's in a live show. Like you did a rehearsal? Yeah. Um, I'm not really big rapper, at least not yet. Not yet? You got to work on your chops a little bit there? I have to work on my rapping voice. In fact, yeah, this week in rehearsal, I, I did. I have all the lyrics memorized. I sing along in the car yeah. to Rufus's rapping. And uh, yeah, let's just say that that will be on the next record or maybe the one after that. Okay. Well, at least you got a plan. In fact, um, there's a there's a little rough cut on my phone of outro. And when I was workshopping it just on my own before it went to the studio I was just trying out I wanted to see how it would sound with rap lyrics over it yeah, so yeah. I rapped some Hamilton lyrics and uh, <laughs> I took some from the, the Skylar sisters song and I took some from some other parts yeah. um, there's a lot of work work and I just don't really that's never going to see the light of day at least not publicly maybe some friends and just well, you just opened up the door right here come on yeah. you gotta keep going with it <laughs> I piqued the interest, so uh, I lowered the standard so that when people hear Rufus, I mean, he's just going to blow it out of the park. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who all is on the record? Is, is, it, is it all these guys? Is it uh, and Rufus uh, and yourself? Is that it? So, the whole band? Yeah, there's even a bigger cast of characters uh, than is in this room that contributed to the album. So we, um, we do have Walt on some of the songs. We have Carlos Gonzalez actually doing most of the electric guitar work yeah. on the album. Yeah. We have Vinny on two of the songs. And then Lanny Macmillan for a lot of the others and also on the Hammond A3 organ. Zach Tillotson on drums, because that was before I really knew Jesse. Uh, Zach hails from Oxford, Mississippi, yeah. and he's a longtime friend. So he came, made the trip up to Memphis three times to do the record. And then, yeah, and uh, Andrew Geraci on bass is pretty much the, the constant on the bass for us. And Mike Wilson behind the uh, control room board. Angela Blair on backing vocals, Rufus Smith on lead vocals. Yeah, that is and, quite a cast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And then Brandon played on Love Story, and that was the only one, but um, still, it was nice to have him represented on the album. Well, that's cool, yeah. yeah. That's that's nice. So are you going to be taking this out on the road then? Are you going to tour this thing? or? Are you... We're going to 
gonna I'm gonna work on that. Um, I do have some tours that we do with the Blackwater Trio. Uh-huh. It's a little easier with three people than with five. And when you don't Pays have better drums, too, doesn't it? Yeah. You <laughs> Sorry, <know>. fellas. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to make that a goal for 2020. We have a lot of exciting shows coming up in the next uh, month or two here in town, which yeah. is what I really wanted to do was focus on Memphis for this one because it's such a Memphis centric album. Yeah. Um, and I still feel like I'm kind of getting a foothold in the music scene here and I want to do more. Sure. So trying to, you know, get representation and I think it's going pretty well. We have Cooper Young Festival coming up next week. Are you playing it? Mm-hmm. We're headlining the Grizzly stage at 4.30. Right on. Yeah. The 14th of September. Um, we have Thacker Mountain Radio, which also reaches into Memphis mm-hmm. um, on the 12th of September. We have King Biscuit Blues Festival on October uh, 13th. And Roosters, we just got a show after Thacker Mountain Radio in Oxford. Um, and then we do some regular shows like at the Cove. I'm working with a Lafayette State or two. And we have a New Year's Eve show down in Mississippi. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, so I'm gradually expanding the boundaries just beyond Memphis, but really trying to focus on Memphis for right now. And yeah. then um, use some of my connections from working with Trio and booking them to book out of town. So I'm really excited for when that's going to happen. Yeah, get your, get yourself out on the road and, and push this record then. Uh-huh. And it, there are places like Music Export Memphis who help with that. Um, and it's out. It's available. Violentro is out and, and for sale right now, right? Uh, it, it has, a, been, has it been released? Uh, it will be on Friday. Oh, and it's not even available yet. It's available for pre-order on Apple Music and Google Play. Yeah. And you get the first two songs that we did, um, Boots and Cats and Violentro. You get those right when you order it. Okay, so you've already so, released those, you know, those, those those singles there. Yeah, they're sort of like a teaser. Yeah, sure. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's smart. Now, the other thing I wanted to highlight, um, we have one song called Memphis Sands, and uh-huh. that is a song about the aquifer. So it's about protecting the aquifer and being aware of you know the threats that are posed by the coal ash ponds that yeah. kind of have been being talked about um, on local radio and TV. So I wrote a song about that. That's one of sort of the most intense moments of the album and because of that uh, 20% of all pre-sales now until the 7th actually when our when our party is are going to go towards 7th of this month Yep, for yeah. Saturday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so from now until Saturday, if you order the album or if you buy it at the show, uh, 20% of those proceeds will go to protect our aquifer. Fantastic. So. Yeah, Memphis has like the best water in the world, I, you know, without a doubt. Yeah, I had you know? no idea before I moved here. Yeah, isn't it something? It is really cool. That's why we've got all these breweries, because they realize, hey, the water's really good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of uh, seen some of the backstage parts of that back at Wiseacre, oh, hung yeah. out there a little bit. And uh, enjoy it. Just every time I travel now, I get I realize how spoiled I am. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because <laughs> nobody's top water is like Memphis's. Is, That's so, so true. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you you go to some other cities and you go, how do y'all drink this? You know? <laughs> but I mean, it's I don't want to put anybody down, but I do want to raise. Oh, I up do, Memphis. but go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only just a little past seven, so I'm still <laughs> getting into my. <laughs> My dirty Alice talk, as you called it. We'll get you riled up here before long. Well, how about a uh, how about a song live from you guys? What do you What do you want to do? Yeah, um, I just asked Walt to tune into Drop D because this next song we're gonna do is called Queen. Uh huh. It's the third song on the album, and I would say uh, of all the songs and their meanings, this one is the most diffuse. This one 
it changes meaning every time. But there are some themes that permeate, permeate the album uh, that go with Queen. So the theme of growing up, anticipation, and environmental. Okay. Just surroundings. Outstanding. So. All right, well, let's hear it then. Shimmy over here. <clears throat>
Very nice. Thank you. Very, very nice. Yeah, that's one of the more chilled out parts of the album. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's it's got a nice it's got a nice feel to it, nice little groove, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it definitely uh, it's one of the songs that grows the most from beginning to end. Yeah, well, I guess you you know, like any other artist, you find that your music matures a little bit too, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. and it changes over time. It's definitely not static. Uh, one of my big goals with this project over the next, you know phase of my creative process I guess Mm -hmm. is to get it to a place where we all feel really comfortable just kind of uh, extending things and sustaining the jam and just feeling out each other's styles and working off of each other that's one of my favorite things to do yeah well that's musicians well that's that's a good thing too yeah for sure it keeps it fresh Um, a lot of the times I've noticed you know, you need to do something to keep things interesting for yourself if you're performing the same songs over and over. Yeah, again. you want to get you don't want to get burned out on your own tunes, right? Yeah. So, Devil Went Down to Georgia. We actually do, no, don't do that, please. Nah, no. Nah. We do a um, <laughs> alternate version. Yeah. So, if somebody requests that, like the second time in an evening with the trio, we do Devil Went Down to Jamaica. Uh huh. <laughs> So he's uh, he's looking for something other than souls. I'll just put it that way. I, I got you. I know where you're headed with that. Yeah, I, I, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> but this is definitely a project that's more for me. Um, it's something that exists for me to, you know, collaborate with others and lift up others as well in the show mm-hmm. with solos and chances to shine. But also to, you know, really just put my stamp out there with who I am without, you know, kind of other folks telling me what they want to do. <laughs> right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Got time for another tune from me if you want to play one. Yeah. Um, are you out of drop D? Well, let's do Cutie Booty Boogie. So I, we're going to feature Angela Blair on this one. Um, let's just take a minute to get her set up. Sure. She's Yeah, she's, she's, she's right over there. Um, and while you're doing that, I'll uh, remind you, coming up Saturday at uh, 7 o'clock, it's Mama Honey here in the studio with their brand new record. Uh, it's called Punk Blues. Sunday on the Booze and Blues, we have uh, a big show for you. We'll be starting an hour early. Dwayne Burnside, the Mississippi Mafia, will be here. They'll be here for the first hour and a half of it. And then at 8.30, it is Brandon Santini along with Jeff Jensen and their new uh, uh, project called Tennessee Redemption. So uh, that's all happening uh, this Sunday here at Radio Memphis. All times are central time. <clears throat> all right, y'all set up? We are. Okay. So uh, you're going to hear a fun effect on this. This is a phaser on a violin. We actually Neat. put my 90-year-old phaser, uh, 90-year-old violin through a phaser for this one. Okay, cool. In the studio. Cool. <laughs>
You got all got all sorts of wild on that, didn't you? <laughs> Slap that booty. Slap that, that booty, man. Uh, I hear you. With uh, the requisite bass solo by Andrew Jurisi. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it works out, works out well. <laughs> and verbal effects, uh, sound effects by Angela. <laughs> <laughs> In the studio, we sort of... This was one where I think I definitely switched from coffee to beer. It was later in the day. Yeah. And I was just having a fun time. And then Angela came in and made it even better um, and definitely had some fun with, you know. Ow! Can you do that again for us, Angela? Oh, did. Just like this one time. She already time. did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll be good with it. No, it's, it again. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Uh, we'll pause. Uh, we'll be back uh, here in just a bit. Uh, and uh, give me another tune off the record that we'll play. Uh, let's do outro featuring Gospel of Rufus. Okay. End your weekend with the blues. Booze and Blues with Rick and Jeff, Sunday nights at 8 Central on Radio Memphis. I got a date with destiny. 
They said there would be obstacles, thanks for telling me As if I haven't been in preparation with dedication Hard work, no resignation, meditation Touch the sky, levitation, elevation Progress towards my destination By any means, you gotta get your education And I taught myself, I did my own assignments I made some readjustments and some realignments Just watched a documentary about the environment And global warming, I read a book on the climate Protect the aquifer, keep it so clean Know your worth, protect the earth, go green Believe in something, stand up tall, don't lean And don't say anything you don't mean Nah, spread all those lies, I don't care I'm looking past the clouds in the sky, I'm aware I can feel the oxygen rise like a prayer I smoke and blow out positive vibes in the air Mask off, gotta be real with yourself You can't heal another without healing yourself Wax off, I'm training day by day Historic Emmons Building in the middle of Memphis, Tennessee, we are Radio Memphis, a broadcasting service provided by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated. Yeah. 
price on freedom something you got to buy Bunch of bankers knock the whole world on its ass But you want to put a kid in jail about a bag of grass Get up a reservation on the bar Out of sight, out of mind
Tony Maynard and the Big Old Band. Some of them are here in the studio tonight with Alice. Of course, you were playing uh, the violin on that uh, on that track there. Oh yeah, I put violin all over that baby. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, you just rubbed it all over that tune. Yeah, there. I sure did. It's past eight o'clock now, so we're <laughs> deeper into the to the crazy Alice here. <laughs> but yeah, Vinny uh, is highly featured on that um, yeah. on organ. And then Walt, our lead guitar- guitarist in this group, was actually the live sound engineer in Claiborne Temple. Yeah. So yeah, and, and the video was fantastic because you can kind of see it all how, how it all kind of came together. Yeah, Kirsten Walker directed that. Um, it was really fun. He brought a smoke machine. Yeah, we went and did some spelunking in the depths of the uh, Claiborne Temple up in the second floor. Did y'all find anything? We found some ghosts. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> some treasures, some ghosts. Some intangible things that are treasures in there. Well, but, sure. Yeah, it was the perfect. Um, it was a very fitting location for that song, of course. Given that it was the beginning of the march, the um, well, yeah, for what this, you know, for what the uh, for what the song is about, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, uh, Tony has definitely helped me a lot, kind of find my feet musically in Memphis. Uh-huh. He was one of the first Memphis asked, acts that asked me to play with him, and uh, you know, as I said, I stole his uh, keyboard player. <laughs> <laughs> if he would you know yeah. graciously share Vinny with me yeah you're borrowing him that's what this is yeah. exactly. well that's what that's how it works in this town everybody's played with everybody around here you know how that is it's a good thing yeah yeah I want to do more of that you know just constantly collaborate with people well, yeah, because collaboration, when you know, and a lot, of, and like I mentioned, most sort of this, most of these artists around town, they collaborate with each other, and and really some wonderful things come out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seeing a lot of different styles that are being melded together, and some cool stuff. Like we were talking about you rapping earlier. I mean, there's a thing now with a lot of rap artists that are working with uh, rock and rollers and punk guys, and you know, they're showing up at, at gigs and they're just tearing it up and having a big time. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. You know, I really want to delve into that further. I feel like Rufus has been an amazing partner to work with. Um, He's all about this project and kind of melding the styles, even classical styles, with rap music. Yeah. Um, On the other side of things, you know, you got Old Town Road. I just heard that for the first time. Really? (laughs) Where have you been? What rock have you been hiding under? Uh, Yeah, I hide under rocks sometimes, especially when it comes to country music. I'm just not really... I'm with you on that. not really my thing as much. Yeah. But I do end up recording some, I mean, some really cool country songs that, you know, people ask me to do put fiddle on well but. and country is a sensitive topic too because of there's your classic country and then there's that crap they're crap they're 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 cranking out of nashville you know and that stuff is just it's not my thing <laughs> we got some folks in here who are trying to laugh quietly and not be on the mic. oh that's fine you can laugh all you want to i mean no it's no it's shit that's really what it boils down to i mean but but the problem is is that shit sells and and so yeah. they're going to keep making it but it's you know I, we get so much music here from artists from all over the place and two separate artists that don't know each other because they're on different ends of this country had sent basically the same song in and they claimed it was an original and it wasn't original it was original as it could be but it had that Nashville formula to it you know they had all the lyrical check marks you know with the truck and the cooler full of fun and listening to Hank on the radio and all that other stuff and it was all there they were in slightly different tempos but I think hell they were probably in the same key exactly yeah my dad actually wrote a song called the uncountry song where he talks about how everything is great 
great in his life and he has nothing to sing about uh-huh. and uh, we recorded it for him me and Seth and Walt in the trio we recorded it for a Christmas present for him yeah and uh He's got nothing he can sing about because everything in his life is going fine and there's a sale on Miller Lite down at the corner store. And uh, <laughs> his brother's in the courthouse, but that's because he's a judge. Yeah. <laughs> his uh, grandma's cooking in the shack, but it's not meth, it's fudge. Nice, nice. So yeah, my dad actually... Uh, that's pretty clever stuff. a pretty right clever there. songwriter. I bet he would do really well in Nashville. He probably... <laughs> well, no, I don't know. They, you know, they want, they want so much weird formulaic crap out of there. You know, Nashville's not what it used to be. So I think um, one of the biggest questions I get besides... What's that? A violin or a fiddle? Or what's the difference between a violin and a fiddle? Of which I have many answers for that. Well, give us one. Um, the violin sings, the fiddle dances. Okay. Okay, now I'll give you a funny one. The violin's got four strings. The fiddle's got four strings. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll be here all night. But uh, the second most uh, frequent question I get asked is... So why are you not in Nashville? And, or don't you think you should go to Nashville? And I do think that probably, you know, there's some cool opportunities everywhere, including Nashville. And there do seem to be a lot of kind of commercial things coming out of Nashville. But at the same time, um, a friend of mine, John Mohead, singer-songwriter, once told me not to go to Nashville because if I did, I might just get turned into a cog in the machine yeah and he's right yeah, yeah you probably would uh you know dale watson mm-hmm. who's about to reopen hernando's hideaway um he is he's a, a true country guitar player singer you know and he left austin texas and nash and nashville because of the same thing that it's just garbage and he doesn't fit into that i mean I like Austin. Um, I do. I enjoy being there, but uh, I mean, I enjoy being anywhere, just traveling for music. Yeah. But uh, I do f- see that Austin's coming up in kind of commercial mainstream music. It is. It's not as it's not as hip and groovy as it once was. You know. It's definitely hilly. There is that. <laughs> it's yeah. got a lot of curves. A lot of curves. A lot, a lot. You think Memphis will ever get there? Or it's just it I hope not. Wasn't what it was, you know. I hope not. We've already kind of gone that way, you know, since since you know Stax is no kind of no longer. But you know, but that's just that's I think that's just more of just musicians that have gravitated here for, to be a part of the sound, and we've seen that, and it and it still grows. But I don't think it, we've ever gotten to that point where it's going to be over commercialized like it's been in some of these other markets. That's just me thinking. Yeah, I feel like the saturation is uh, not present in Memphis like in other cities and for example the fiddle um i mean if i moved to nashville i'd be a dime a dozen amongst so many fiddlers Mm -hmm. now granted i'd be playing different things than they were but there might not be a market for that there right whereas here in memphis people i think are more open venues are are definitely a little bit more diverse in what they program sure and uh listeners have a broad palette of around here they do yeah and memphis is a tough town too you know that i mean yeah it's definitely been um like challenging in a good way for me to move here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then you'll find too, you know, being a Memphis artist and you go out onto the road, it's a whole different animal. Now people will they, they'll flock to the shows. You I mean you'll sell out venues? Oh, can I get that in writing? Sure, I've heard. I've, I've, I've trust me. I've talked to so many uh, Memphis artists who have traveled even into Europe. 
and they'll have like a, a rare night off and they'll go into a club and the bartender will say like where are you guys from and they say well we're a band from Memphis and the guy will freak out and he'll kick the band that's on the stage off and say get your asses up there and play alright guys and a television crew will show up and they go hey there's these guys from Memphis because Memphis has this people come here for the music you know and they seek out Memphis music yeah, and I, I definitely feel that, and um, it's a name that travels really well, and I'm proud to be a part of that, even though I'm a transplant. I'm, I feel like I'm doing my best to integrate what Memphis is into my playing. It's pretty much done that to me just on its own, Yeah, sunk well. into my bones. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of transplants here. I'm, I'm not from here either. Uh, so where, where, are you, where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in Vermont. I was born in Burlington, grew up around that area, and um, pretty much stayed a classical musician yeah. from four years old until college. Uh, so I played in the Vermont Youth Orchestra. Um, then I went to Yale, and I majored in French and music, and I played in the Yale Symphony Orchestra all four years. Yeah. Still diehard classical. Although then I was kind of starting to experiment with some other groups on campus that were, you know, kind of contemporary classical rock. Um, it's kind of fun to explore my boundaries and do some multimedia projects together. Yeah. Uh, and then I applied for Teach for America because that was one of the lowest um, kind of employment rate years for my generation. And also a professor of mine told me that I might try my hand at teaching. Yeah. So they placed me in the least likely place I thought I might go in the country, which was the Mississippi Delta. Uh, I was under the impression that the Delta, the Mississippi Delta was the place where the Mississippi River flows into the sea, but that's not the case. No. So <laughs> Delta. Yeah. I learned that real fast. Yeah, yeah. I was envisioning Spanish moss hanging from trees and nope. instead there was just <laughs> flat expanses of farmland. Yep. But it was really good for me. And uh, the first year I hardly touched my violin at all. It was really? kind of sad. Yeah, I felt like a part of me, one of my limbs had been chopped off because... That was a huge part of my life, and I just didn't have time for it. I was just struggling to keep my head above water mm -hmm. with the teaching. Um, but I taught band for three years in a public high school and junior high school. And I learned a lot from the kids. I learned a lot from the parents and my school, the fellow teachers. And then I also started to jam with fellow musicians in town who were locals. Yeah. So Seth Stroud and Walt Busby. We became, over time... Uh, more than just a couple of friends hanging out, we became the Blackwater Trio, and that was in 2013 in the fall, so uh, just around this time of year, six years ago. So we've been a band ever since, and they kind of uh, shepherded me out of the teacher life and into the musician life, so no more waking up at 6 a.m. anymore I bet me. you're happy about that, huh? <laughs> I am, and... Uh, yeah, they corrupted me. They like to say that they turned me to the dark side. I like that, too. <laughs> yeah, it's true, too, probably, I guess. You know, teaching is tough. I, yeah. I, yeah. I still teach. Um, I teach private lessons, mostly fiddle. Uh, I don't really teach regularly, but I do lead a few workshops now and then every year, and I do have a few private students who just come to me when they want to perfect a fiddle tune. So right. that's pretty fun. I like keeping that muscle alive. Uh, I don't think I ever want to stop teaching, but it's definitely cool to be pursuing this. I never thought I would actually be a full-time professional musician, mm -hmm. um, because partially because my mother is a professional flutist in the Vermont Symphony Orchestra. Really? Yeah. Um, so she is inspirational to me. She is 
even now just taking auditions uh, for orchestras around the Northeast and constantly pushing herself and giving recitals and has been in the orchestra for so many years. Um, she's going to get mad at me. I can't remember how many. I think it's more than 15, though. Yeah. So, yeah, just playing flute and flute is a tough instrument yeah it is it's tough and so she um she had me read mozart in the jungle she kind of coached me about how hard it's going to be if i wanted to be a musician professionally Mm -hmm. and i took that to heart and that's one reason when why when i went down south uh, i was pursuing teaching not professional music making right so it kind of found me um but even then i wouldn't have known that i was going to be doing you know rock band kind of things right <laughs> right and now here you are yeah with your first album i know a year ago we had just played our first show uh about half the band was different folks yeah i had had a drummer cancel on me uh about three days no about five days before the show started uh our oh, first show yeah. <laughs> which i had really um kind of boosted up and tried to you know get people to come out and make a big deal about on social media and uh then my boyfriend actually helped me find another drummer who became our drummer for a while so i feel like it's been a pretty uh big year as far as growing and now i just want to let this project kind of steep in what it's become and you know move forward from there but i do feel like a lot has happened in a year oh yeah it's been a busy year for you yeah. Without a doubt. Well, how about another tune from you? Yeah, I'm going to um, depart a little from the album now. We're going to do a song called Ghosts in the Water. In it, the next record. Yeah, yeah, this is a sneak peek. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is uh, definitely straight out of Mississippi. Okay, Dan. Yeah, it actually is inspired by Moon Lake, Mississippi. And um, just watching the water one night with friends, one of them asked me, do you see that over there? And I said, "What's? what do you mean, what do you see over there? And he said, there's ghosts in this lake. And I've never forgotten that moment. And it was, the sun was just setting, the waves were rippling, and it was pretty mysterious and a little bit, a little bit ghost-like. So, Neat. Yeah, so that turned into a song. Okay, all right, well, let's hear it then. Right. You know, there's ghosts down here, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, um, I've heard some of the legends. Oh, yeah. I've been to Ernestine and Hazel's. No, I meant down here in this room. Oh, you mean literally down here? Yeah. Down here in this room, in the studio. Do you know who they were? Yeah. I'll tell you later. All right. After the show's (laughs) over. After the show. We'll turn off all the lights and get a little crazy. All right. (laughs) It happens.
catching my disease. Yeah, that's nice. That's very nice. Yeah, ghost, ghost in the water. Is that what that was? That's, yeah, we, we affectionately call it ghosts. But. Well, there it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the next record. On the next record, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it's a worthy addition to it. Thanks. Yeah, it came out of such a, a small thing, like a tiny little moment. Yeah, but, but it turned uh, into a big tune. Thank you. It did. Yeah, it's um, it's one where I really love to show off everyone in the band. I have a couple of these every show. Sure. Um, But it's one that I wrote, you know, with that in mind, with jamming in mind. And Waltz and I do back and forth moments every show and... I'm hoping to keep that a tradition for sure. Good, good. Uh, give me another tune off the record we'll play. Uh, let's go ahead and play The Depths. The Depths. What's the story behind that? Well, this is one that I think is purely musical. Um, the story came out of my pedal board. And actually what's funny is when I first wrote this loop, um, it's a series of loops. And on the record, it is probably like 20 different Alice Hazen's. You can just imagine a room full of us. Wow. It'd be so wholesome. <laughs> I know, but also just competitive as hell. Yeah. <laughs> There's your, your salty language there. Um, so, yeah, it was born out of the loop pedal. It's pretty much the first loop I ever wrote. And it's funny because when I first wrote this, I put a few lyrics to it. And uh, Walt was like, that sounds like a Taylor Swift song. And I was like, that's cool. But I'm not exactly sure that's what I'm going for. So I took it back to the drawing board and it just, what it's meant to do is take the listener and spiral them into a state of meditation and kind of a sense of the infinite. And I know that sounds really lofty, um, but <laughs> y'all were high when y'all wrote that, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, all 20 Alice's. <laughs> we hotboxed the studio and went from there. All right. All right. Well, we'll hear that here in just a bit, and we'll have a little bit more from you live here before we wrap it up for the night. So That uh, sounds awesome. All right. We'll stick around. Alice Hazen and the Blazer here in the studio. Don't go away. We'll be back with more right after this. If you're a musician, have original music, and would like to be considered for promotional play on Radio Memphis, email your studio quality MP3s to music at pirateradiostudios.com. No links, no cloud service boxes, and no sucking. Your music played for promotion right here on Radio Memphis. Radio Memphis in the morning, weekday mornings at 9 central on Radio Memphis.
Alice Hazen in the Blaze with The Depths from the brand new record Vile Intro. Available when? It's coming out digitally on all platforms, uh, internet on the 6th, which is this Friday. And then we have physical albums for sale at the show, which is Saturday night at B-Side Memphis, 7 to 9 p.m. $15 gets you into the show and a free CD. How about that? Yeah. So that's a CD release party then at B-Side. Indeed. Yeah, that'll be a fun a fun little show, I'm thinking. It's probably going to be... I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have um, Angela and Rufus there, and it'll probably be one of the only times that... We get to play through the record, start to finish, uh-huh. with everybody representing parts on the record. That'll be neat. Even Brandon is going to play the rhythm part on uh, on Love Story. <laughs> um, are, are you thinking about shooting any video for this? Not for that show, but for like for the record. Yeah. Um, so actually, I already have one that is going to that we've finished. Um, I filmed it with a friend of mine down in Clarksdale, mm-hmm. Coop Cooper, and it premiered um, this Monday, Labor Day, on Channel 5. Oh, really? Day. Yes. Yeah, and it's for the depths. So what we did for that is Coop and I um, just took a really bare-bones team, uh-huh. me and him and a few volunteers. We went out to nine different locations in Memphis because there are nine loops, and we filmed in each one of them. So that included uh, a couple of locations at Crosstown, which mm-hmm. is definitely, you know, has some distinctive-looking areas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we got Joe's Wine and Liquor, the yeah. Sputnik. Yeah, Sputnik. Um, we have the Overton Square and Park represented in there. And we also have the Memphis Zoo in front of Piranhas. Oh, in front of the piranhas. Yeah. Is it up on like, is, is the video up on like YouTube or something or? It will be soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'll probably premiere it on a Monday. Uh, maybe this coming Monday. I haven't actually talked with my publicist yet. Yeah. Uh, Cause she's going to coach me through that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to say I haven't talked with my publicist yet. Yeah. I'm only going to enjoy that for, you know, another month or so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's going to be out and, it was really fun to shoot that. And I, what I wanted to do was, again, um, have it be an homage to Memphis and sort of one that if a Memphian were to be looking at it, they would recognize all of the areas there. But it wouldn't be like a advertisement for Memphis, well, sure. per se. Well, when it uh, when it goes out, make sure I know about it, and I'll get it out, you know, through our channels as well, and we'll awesome. even post it up on the website so people can find it. So. I definitely will. And then we've got plans. Um, I'm talking with Coop, and I'm talking with the Orpheum. Uh, I don't want to, you know, jinx it, but there's maybe a chance of shooting um, love story with some footage from inside the Orpheum. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> with me and Rufus, <laughs> and then getting the band in for some, you know, some some of the other footage stuff, yeah. on that song too. Well, great. So, I'm really happy for you on this record here. I think you got yourself something pretty special. So I Thank you. Wish, I wish you, wish you all the best with it and hope it sells like crazy. Thank you so much. Yeah, fingers crossed. I um, It was such a process. I don't know how I'm going to go and do another one. God, <laughs> it's sort of Don't worry about that right now, you know. But, but I mean, you're, you know, as a, as a as a as a as an artist, you're always writing, you're always creating something, right? True. Yeah. yeah. And actually, um I'd like to end with well, I've got if we've got time, I can do another preview of a song that's coming down the turnpike. Sure. And then we can end with I feel like one of the major songs on the album Memphis Sands. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's do what you want to do. Whatever. So. This is this is your time. No, I, I really, um, I appreciate you having me on this show. Rick. Anytime. This is awesome. Anytime. We'd love to have you down here. Let's do it again. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to end with, well, we'll start with a song that is unrecorded right now, but I wrote it uh, huh, while It'll be recorded in, the, in a moment. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, it's called Wonderful Fall, and okay. it's a good time to play it because it was written in the fall. Uh, it was written two years ago as I was falling in love, and it's also a song about the fall. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> it's probably one of the more simple, straightforward love songs <clears throat> that you'll hear from me. Getting all sappy on everybody over here. Yeah. And jazzy. <clears throat> and jazzy. All right. Lay it on us. That's nice. That's very nice. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's nice. 
That's my more sensitive side. <laughs> my more sensitive side. Uh, yeah, that's Alice uh, being You're totally such a girl. <laughs> totally corded and won over. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, what time is the show Saturday? I forgot to ask you that. Uh... Oh, yeah, it's uh, 7 p.m. Goes from seven to nine. Mm-hmm. There'll be some CD signing and stuff and greeting of folks who come. So yeah. yeah, it'll just be a celebration. This whole week is pretty much been just one of the most joyful this entire year for yeah, me. You're turning this this kid loose into the into the world here. Yeah. So there's a funny quote. Um, Neil Gaiman once said that you know setting an and a novel loose is like throwing rose petals into the Grand Canyon and listening for the listening fall. for the fall. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's a way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I've got that as my expectation, and anything above that's just going to be awesome. There you go. There, there's nothing else to worry about. Yeah, but I've I've really been moved. Um, a lot of my friends and family and people I know in town have already downloaded the album. Let me know that they're you know definitely digging the first two songs already, and I can't wait to share the rest with them. Fantastic. Thanks. Fantastic. I'm very proud of you. All Thanks, right. Rick. What's what's the closer? What do you So, the closer, uh, the one I've saved for the end is Memphis Sands. And a while back, it was last summer, I believe, um, found out through Facebook, as many do, about news in town. And this one was definitely alarming because, uh, you know, we all drink Memphis water. We love the beer. Uh, we pride ourselves on this unique part of our city yes and i brag about it when i'm traveling <laughs> when i go back home to vermont uh, y'all's so, water sucks oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um it's it's definitely been something that i've kind of picked up on over the course of the past year and a half and i originally wrote this song as a bluegrass song yeah which is funny um and we performed it once on live at nine as a bluegrass number and it was way different. And now it's pretty much a heavy rock song. Cool. So it's gone from, uh, you know, maybe there are some similarities there. But it's uh, it's definitely one that I wrote to sound almost scary. Because the issues that face us with the aquifer are scary. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to be something that we lose. So, it's going to be a mess, yeah. Yeah. So again, um, this song is going to support the Protect Our Aquifer movement with the proceeds going to the aquifer from now until the 7th. So if y'all are interested in supporting that, please get an album before the 7th because you'll be supporting the Memphis aquifer yeah. and keeping it keeping it sanitary and safe and lovely. Fantastic, yeah. So you can do your part. Go on, go online now and, uh, and get it. Yep, Apple Music and Google Play right now and then all digital platforms on the 6th. You have a, you have a website? Yeah, it's alicehazen.com, A-L-I-C-E-H-A-S-E-N, mm-hmm. and I just put a link up there to pre-download. And once the sixth hits, we're going to have um, a page up there for buying the whole album. Fantastic. It's a good way to, good way to do it, because we like our artists to, uh, to sell their stuff through their website, because you get more money that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't have to worry about all the <laughs> other fees. Yeah. You know, I've been enjoying learning the business side of things. Yeah. I think it's actually kind of fun. Yeah, it is. So Terrifying, but kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, but you're working for yourself. And yes, you are. For me, that's been a dream I didn't know I had, so... I hope to uh, continue that. Fantastic. All right, well, let's hear it then.
tears they lie inside the liquid heart of this old town. Two thousand years of city pride. One cold look down, look down to the Memphis Ends. The Memphis Solid right there. Thank Solid you. stuff. Yeah, good job, Blaze. <laughs> Alan Hayes and, and the Blaze. Violin Intro is the uh, the new record. It is available uh, where sold on Friday. 
Indeed. Indeed. So get you a copy, add it to your collection, and uh, and good luck with your show on Saturday. Thank you so much. Over at B-Side, and uh, good luck with the record, and uh, anytime you want to come out and hang, you're more than welcome. Oh, we're going to be back. I'll, I'll reach out to you when we got more recordings. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> or anytime you just want to come play, you're more than welcome. Thank you. Okay, very good. The proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com. <laughs>